Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic holiday season with friends, family, and loved ones. On today's episode of Talent Storm, we're going all the way back to our original episode with David Earhart. David's a very close friend of mine and somebody I believe who exemplifies positivity. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Today on this inaugural podcast of Talent Storm, I'm Ron Wilson, CEO of Interview Stream and the host of Talent Storm, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance teams and organizations. I'm excited to be joined today by a very dear friend of mine, colleague, and mentor, David Earhart. David has had a wildly successful 35-year career, predominantly in sales and executive leadership positions. Today, David serves on several boards and is a highly sought-after consultant to executives and investors. I've had the pleasure of working for David for several years where I've witnessed his amazing leadership firsthand. David, welcome to the inaugural Talent Storm podcast. I'm honored to have you with me here today. Oh, thank you, Ron. What a great introduction. It's uh, really exciting to be here. Very, uh, very happy to be joining. Awesome. Well, uh, would you mind giving our listeners a, a quick overview of your background and work experience before we chat about your experience uh, with fostering talent in team and organizational performance? Sure. You know, I, I'm actually going to start way back and maybe uh, share a few things with you that you don't even know. I'm not sure I ever told you that I tried to make it on the professional tennis circuit. Have I ever shared that with you? We, we, we have. I, I recall the, uh, the Andre Agassi story, which you'll have to tell. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell that one, but um, yeah, so I almost turned pro after my uh, junior year in college, and I was, I was having a really good year and thought that uh, it would be a good time to try to see what I could do out there, and I decided to go back uh, my senior year, and uh, I was playing number one in a really tough conference, and I got into a slump and just had a horrible, horrible senior year, so I kind of regrouped. I went and taught tennis and started working on my game, and then I went out and tried to play the the circuit and failed miserably. Um, so uh, I realized I better find something uh, other than tennis to make a living. So I uh, had the bright idea of becoming a tax accountant, and uh, I made that through one one tax season. And they decided they didn't like me, and I didn't like uh, that work very much. So that's how my career started with uh, three swings and three misses, and. Um, really was kind of the, the beginning. Of, well, when I first started having some success was uh, in sales. And, um, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about is that a big part of my motivation early on in my career was the, was motivated by the fear of failure, really kind of stemming out of those, those three, uh, three failures, if you will. And, um, you know, that's been, that's been kind of interesting because it's a strong motivator uh, by you know, no doubt, and um, I had some success, but it was really exhausting, and um, I've tried to spend the latter part of my career really focused more on, on success and having an offense mentality versus, you know, uh, the fear of failure, so that's a, that's a long introduction, but I thought it was kind of uh, relevant and, uh, you know, went through many different areas of sales leadership and then been doing the, the CEO president thing in the last uh, five or so years. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, to lean into is, is, is really 
sharing some of the journey that you've gone on. And so what was kind of what was the pivotal thing that happened or or the things that led to you flipping from that fear of failure to more driven around uh, another, you know, type of a uh, mission or driver? You know, I, I think that um, it, it just, I, I just realized how exhausting that is. You know, it's like, even if you're, even if you're winning and you're, you're hitting your numbers or exceeding them, or you're having all these things that uh, are, you know, are viewed as successful, it was just exhausting and tiring. And I just said, you know, this is, there's got to be a simpler way. It doesn't need to be this hard. It doesn't need to be, uh, you know, so much anxiety. Let's, uh, let's, let's get our head around some mental toughness techniques and some disciplines to really get us in a, in a more powerful uh, state of living. So I had that realization, you know, at, at di different mentors, um, um, you know, helped me along the way. I got introduced to meditation early, uh, which I think is also an interesting topic because, for uh, 25 years, I, I didn't discuss it because, uh, you know, that was, you know, 10 years ago or so, it was not that cool to talk about, you know, that you meditate to kind of think you're, you might be a little weird or whatever. You're, you're out there. Exactly. I never discussed it, but I, I really do believe that, um, that, uh, that, that's been really helpful for me as well. As have some other things. Oh, and 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 you're. I have to thank you. You're the person who a couple of years ago turned me on to meditation, and uh, and it's changed my life too. I mean, I think it's been uh, an incredibly impactful leadership tool to use to really be centered and and grounded and uh, allow your mind to you know settle down. And you know, many of us is, is you know running a hundred miles an hour, and and that's exhausting. And it and it usually doesn't create the space for you to you know have clarity. You know, in, in the present moment, as somebody once wise told me. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to characterize you as the energizer bunny, and uh, you probably you probably still have a lot of those characteristics. But Monique, when we were getting ready for this, just said, has, has Ron always been so zen-like? And uh, anyway, so <laughs> I'd love to hear that. That's great. Well, well, yeah, I guess now the team knows you're the, you're the guy who set me on the journey to become more zen-like, you know, so... So that's awesome. So I know, um, you know, we, we've chatted about, you know, the, this di dichotomy that you've kind of dealt with in your career around, you know, really see, today you're centered around positivity and creating positive outcomes in everything that you do. But, you know, I know we chatted earlier around this dichotomy in that, that early on in your, your career thought, you know, two forces working against each other. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of that winning formula that you, that you, you know, discovered along your journey? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, just going back to, uh, you know, the being motivated by the fear of failure, and it's not that I, I wasn't motivated by success. I think I had some equal uh, yin and yang there, but, um, you know, just, just really deciding that the, the fear of failure was not serving me. Uh, it just really wasn't. It was not, uh, you know, if I could take that energy and really focus on having an offensive mentality, um, and not only for, with myself, but also the team, you know, giving, um, giving them that example of, look, let's go, let's go crush it. Let's go be remarkable. Let's go do some great things together versus, you know, being focused on not making mistakes or the fear of failure or what have you. And uh, so it's really not only a, a philosophy on, on how to live your life, but also really a leadership traits as well. Yeah. Um, so if, if you had to, like, 
try to distill it down at this point, you know, what would you say motivates and drives you today? Oh boy, uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, I, I would boil it down to a couple things. Um, one is I, I love to be part of something remarkable. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're making headline news. It can just be the, a culture. Um, it could be the way that we treat each other, the way we treat our customers, our partners. You know, at the end of the day, it's really kind of impacting uh, the people around you uh, in a positive way. And that, that's a, a, a big motivator. Um, you know, the, the avenue or the arena that I've chosen has been business. And uh, so, you know, certainly business is about making money and about, uh, you know, providing a return. And those are kind of the table stakes. You know, you, you got to be doing that. Uh, but also it can be about really impacting the, the world in a positive way. And to me, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. That's awesome. So let's, uh, let, let's kind of switch gears because uh, I could talk about you and have you hear you talk about your experiences all day. But I know that's not uh, something you uh, – would uh, get, be excited about doing, but um, what I'd love to do now is, is kind of shift gears and talk about, you know, people, talent, you know, in a business context, organization and team performance and, and kind of start around, you know, what is it that you look for when, when you're, you know, looking to, to hire, you know, create teams? I mean, you've built lots of remarkable organizations and teams. I mean, what do you look for in individuals as you're doing that? You know, that, that's a, a great question. I'm really glad that you asked it. Um, Specifically because of the the uh, the business that you're in and, and really the, what this podcast is all about. But you know, for years, I first of all I started hiring people when I was 28, so I became a manager a long time ago. And uh, so for a long time, I've been interviewing people and really believe that uh, the most important part is getting the right people on the team. So a lot of people say that, but I, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly. So I spend a tremendous amount of time in the interview process, really trying to get to, to understand the candidates. And I used to look for two traits. Uh, one is that this equal desire to win and this equal desire to serve. And for a, a long time, I kind of always thought that was a bit of a dichotomy. You know, how can you be a servant and then be this, you know, incredibly competitive uh, person? They seem to be at odds with one another, but they're not. Uh, they're, they're not, but uh, one thing I've, I've adjusted in the last 10 years or so is instead of this intense desire to win, which I think is a great quality, it's more of the, it's an, it's an intense desire to be part of something remarkable. And so and it, it, you can interview for that, you know, you can just through different questions and uh, listening and, and uh, asking open-ended questions, you start learning, does this person have a servant's heart? And uh, they also really want, they're not, you know, they're not here just to, to clock in. They really want to go make a difference and impact, uh, impact people and, uh, you know, whatever the mission, whatever they're trying to do in just a remarkable fashion. So those are the two qualities. When it's all said and done, I really strive to say, are these, these, these folks have a servant's heart and do they also uh, just want to be part of something really, really cool? Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think about, purpose. You know, I always look for people who, who believe in a, a, a bigger purpose, that, that have passion and commitment around doing something, you know, making a positive impact in the world. And, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, when you bring, to, bring people who are inspired and motivated to do remarkable things and make a big impact, you know, there's no obstacle that's going to get in our way. Yeah, that's right. 
So, um, I'm sorry. I, I just agree with you. Yeah, I was going to say, um, from a, from a coaching standpoint, are there any like tips, tricks, or, or things that you do from coaching individuals? I mean, helping people kind of get on a path of you know self awareness or continuous learning or enlightenment, and you know anything that you uh, you know any tips or tricks tricks that you know for leaders that 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 you would give. You know, it's it's a it's a bit of a tricky thing, right? Because um, you know you don't want to be the manager that goes around always, uh, you know, talking about your philosophies and your life principles. Yeah. Uh, so I think the the most important thing is to lead by example, and um, you know that is going to speak much more loudly than anything that you say. Uh, but I think also just when you when you're given an opening and and. If you're open to that, if you're aware of that, there's all sorts of opportunities to be able to just say maybe just a small thing here or there. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, what I really try to focus on with the team is just for us to have an extreme level of personal responsibility and accountability. And, you know, you start there and you, you really work on uh, having mutually agreed to objectives that you measure over time. That really creates that that safe and and that safe environment, um, which, by the way, you know, hard work, team accountability, all those aspects are, are part of it. But people know where they stand, and they they and we, if you're working in that type of an environment, these types of conversations open up more and more because people feel safe, and uh, they feel like they can be a bit more vulnerable. So I it's it, it's not like I don't have any special tips or tricks that uh, I start leading into these conversations. It's really just, just showing up and, uh, you know, listening and, and being interested in them, uh, asking them questions, um, and being, you know, finding your voice, being bold enough to, to, to speak your own truth. So, uh, so I'll distill the tips I just heard. It's uh, have integrity. It's, um, you know, do, you know, be, be a, a man or, or a person of your, of your word, lead by example, be, be a great listener and uh, be a great communicator. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's tough, Ron. I like it. <laughs> well, I just learned some of these things from you. I'll just summarize them. But, um, so, you know, now maybe switching. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk about like team organizational dynamics and hear about some of the things you've done to really create high performance organizations. I mean, uh, you know, have you leveraged uh, learnings, uh, you know, along the way, books you've read, um, external groups you may have uh, engaged with? I know we've, we've, we've had the experience of working uh, with Patrick Lencioni's uh, firm a few times and, you know, would love to just get your perspective on, uh, on some of those things. Yeah, so the book, The Advantage by uh, Patrick Lencioni, that, that is certainly, uh, I think, a great book on organizational health. And, uh, you know, it's one of those books that they've done such a good job. You know, it's like, uh, why, why create your own? You know, it's like they, they really hit on. And it, it, it really what that book's about is driving clarity and uh, driving really clear communication. And so, you know, I, I think I might have introduced you to the concept of a stand-up or a huddle uh, when we were working uh, with uh, Dimbala back in the day. And then, um, you know, having just uh, uh, off-sites, I think, are very important. You, can, you get to know each other much better. Um, but I follow a lot of the principles in that book. Um, I also am a big, big believer in thinking time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, sometimes we get confused. 
we do and the more the harder we work the more phone calls are on that that's going to move the needle and i think what's missing so often in business and in really in any endeavor is that we don't take enough time to reflect and to really think um, so you know you were asking me earlier about some of the mental toughness techniques and uh, kind of how i show up and, and one of the, the most important times for me of the day is, is in the morning um, and it's you know I, I, one of my mantras is is where you start your day uh, determines how you're going to finish it and uh, i think that's not only in how you live your life that day but also how you show up in the business world you know have you thought through uh really what is the best thing you know you're trying to avoid doing the stupid things right and uh and you can only do that if you really have reflection and uh you take time to think think really think through things and then do that with your team you know so it's the same thing it's not just you doing it on your own but then you coming together and uh you know really listening each other and working through like what if and uh, things of that nature. Got it. Well, Trudy, uh, hello. well, tell Trudy I, I said hello. I know Trudy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because I think about the, um, you know, the the you know the introduction of the advantage and the table group and the you know in, in the two companies that we work together with and and uh, I always uh, I always laugh about you remember my resistance in the second company around it and the fact that I've introduced it to my two subsequent companies since then. So yeah, I know I, I think creating trust in an or you know in a team and in an organization is foundational and then providing that clarity and that consistent communication and structure around that, I think is what you know we I found is be a you know to be a winning formula to really create functional high performing teams. And, yeah, no doubt. Are you doing a stand up every day? Well, so we do uh, we do a stand up um, Wednesdays and Fridays, and so we meet on Mondays. We have our tactical meeting uh, on Mondays, and then we do a uh, uh, an all company meeting on Mondays as well. And then the leadership gets together on Wednesdays and Fridays um, for thirty minute stand ups. and And we're going through a tremendous amount of growth and change. And so you know, I know historically our stand ups were like clockwork, and we were you know very on it, but we're spending a little more time, you know, in the standups right now, just with all the moving parts. But, um, yeah. it, 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 you know, we're making sure everybody's clear. There's clear communication. You know, I'm doing, you know, we do a company update every Friday. I do a company update at the end of the week and, and just, you know, making sure everybody's aware of what's going on and especially in today's climate, right? I mean, we're doing with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unpredictability, uh, I continue to coach people what you uh, coached me on, which is the only thing we control at the end of the day are our thoughts. Yeah. The illusion of any other thing is, is, is just an illusion. But in today's world, it's more exacerbated than ever, right? The, the things that people thought that they had more control of, they're now really realizing they've had no control. And, and obviously people are dealing with that in different ways. And so, you know, I, I, Mental wellness, mental health is incredibly important to me personally. And so, you know, we're making sure that we're constantly communicating, checking in with people. I mean, I'm also doing, you know, I do one-on-ones with everybody in the company every quarter. I'm just now doing that again. And again, just checking in and seeing how people are doing personally, professionally. Is there anything I or the company can do to, to help them? And, and again, it's all about trust. It's all about, you know, uh, being true to your word. It's all about creating space for people to to uh, to be vulnerable and speak their truth and be authentic and genuine and you know so that's a 
that's what we're doing, and, and it's certainly uh, foundational from the things I've learned from the, uh, the opportunities we've got to spend together. Well, I tell you, Ron, I just uh, I love hearing about that, hearing about what you're doing and, and just how you're showing up in life and, and with your company. I, you know, I told you this the other day, but uh, as a friend can be of another friend, I'm just really proud of you. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, it, it, it means a lot coming from you, uh, for sure. Um, you know, is there any other, you know, topics or anything you would want to cover, you know, sharing with leaders, hiring managers that are trying to create high performance cultures, you know, any wisdom that, you know, you, that we didn't maybe cover that you'd like to share? Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, I think what, one of the biggest keys to leadership, whether you're and by the way, you don't have to have people reporting you, reporting you to you to be a leader. I think some of the best leaders in the company are individual contributors, but I, you know, I would just, just, kind of in conclusion, just say, get over yourself. You know, it's like, uh, it's whether you're the CEO or, or whatever your role is in the company, just, you know, just realize that uh, humility goes a long way. Um, and just, um, you know, just, just really being in a state of mind to, to listen and to, um, you know, to not have to be the smartest person in the room. You know, I, if, candidly, I think one of the, the reasons that I've been successful and I've built such high-functioning teams is that I actually try to try to hire people smarter than me. So uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room. I, I may be the least smart, but uh, you know, just get get over yourself. Um, be in, in, impeccable about accountability and take personal responsibility. Um, really focus on the mission first. You know, the team second, and yourself last. You know, I, I would say I would kind of sum it up. Uh, in that in that approach, uh, that's awesome. I you know a a CEO I once worked for prior to working for you was you know told me the uh, you know what a CEO stands for. It's customers, employees, then owners. Yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting, but but hey, yeah. So David, I uh, couldn't thank you enough for joining me today on my inaugural podcast. I'm honored to have you as a guest. Um, I appreciate, as always, your insights and, you know, your stories. I, I think they're, they're awesome. You certainly, uh, I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future, you know, because I know we, we can talk for hours. But, uh, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you bet, Ron. I enjoyed it as well. It's great, great to see your face and uh, just so excited about your company and what you guys are up to. So, anyway, thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Well, thanks. Uh, thank you again. And, you know, that's a wrap for our conversation with David Earhart. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream. We'd really appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and review as well. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Thanks again for joining us today. It's all good. Cheers, everyone. Take care.